you think to yourself that you might be an evangelist until you meet somebody with a gift of evangelism. This is something that, that happened to me. I, I thought that I didn't have problem telling people about Jesus and the fact that you need him. He's not an optional extra. He is a necessity. We need Jesus. So I thought that, that myself, as one who openly shares my faith and, and, and who talks to people about having, as I've said many times before, having a rev in front of your name is really helpful. Just put on, uh, on your badge, you're the reverend something. Everybody just expects you to talk about God then. And it's never a problem. And the thing about it is, I thought that talking about God was simple until I met somebody who was an out-and-out evangelist. Somebody who is totally wired, gifted, anointed to share the good news of Jesus Christ. I think the first person I could honestly say that I I met was the person who who led me to the Lord. So Doug, who's the guy who who led me to Christ back in 1989, um, he just looked for every opportunity. It didn't matter what we were doing when we were working on a farm together, Jesus became part of it. We had cows with mastitis, Jesus got involved. Uh, We had cows that were... Uh, running havoc all over the place. They got out of some of their fields and paddocks and, and we were out trying to chase them back in. Jesus got involved. I, I'd never thought of Jesus as a, a cattle herder in the past, but he, you know, this guy just says, the Doug just turned around and says, we just need to pray about this. Can we just, and, and we, I think, go for it, mate. You know, I'll run after them, you pray. And it was amazing, actually, how the cows calmed down and then all headed back through the gates of the paddock where they were meant to be. Then there was the second guy, I suppose, that I met that was the most passionate. It was a guy called Jonathan Conrath. Jonathan was, he's an evangelist. He, he spent a lot of time uh, as the worship leader for another evangelist by the name of Don Double. Has anybody ever heard of Don Double? Okay, my wife and I have. That's cool. Uh, oh, Stephen at the back. All right, Steve. Uh, Don Double. Now, Don bought or, or got given um, an old big top. So it was like a, a tent from a circus. And he used to travel around and set up this tent and do tent meetings. And uh, that was the way it was done. In, in, he did it in the 80s and into the 90s. But one thing I recognized about uh, Jonathan Conrath when I spent time with him and I traveled with him to India and I traveled with him to Africa as part of his team, th- there was never a moment when the sharing of his faith with people was inappropriate. He, I can remember us going with our passports to the police station to make sure that we were registered in the community and that the police would know us just in case there were some issues. This was in, in Africa and Uganda. And uh, one of the amazing thing, we're stood in this waiting room and there's a clerk behind the desk and, and Jonathan just walks up there and just starts talking about the fact that, well, we're here as a team from the UK um, to introduce people to the love of God and, and to share uh, our relationship with Jesus. And do you know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour? Oh, and there's some of us just sort of, sort of, oh, come on, give the poor bloke a chance. He's just doing his job. But then that was Jonathan doing his job. And when you find somebody who is wired in a way to share their faith like that, and you think, okay, I, I, I'm just not even on the graph at all. And then I had a conversation with Jonathan. And, and I can remember saying to him, I, how, how do I get to be as excited about sharing my faith with anyone and everyone l- like you. 
And this was his response, and it hit me like a train. He said, you've just got to love other people more than you love yourself. Oh. As you unpack that, you realize that the reason why we don't share our faith more often than not is because we're concerned of what people might think of us. But the Bible is very clear that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and his only son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but will have eternal life. So how are people going to come to believe in the one who gives eternal life if we do not tell them? Therefore, sharing our faith is a marker of the level of love we have for these, those individuals above and beyond the amount of love that we have for ourselves. I'm going to put what people think about me to one side and I'm going to focus on those that Christ died for. We've shared a meal this morning that reminds us that Christ has died for us. Now we have this opportunity as the body of Christ to share that love with others. The only reason Jonathan said to me that I have a problem, that I have a problem in telling people about Christ is because I love myself more than I love them. We need to turn that one around, don't we? We need to love others more than we love ourselves. Which leads us into... All sorts of things in this very short message that's just got a little bit longer. People praying. We're looking at prayer. We looked at PPI over six weeks. This is the last week. Next week is uh, Pentecost Sunday when we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit. On Thursday, just gone, we had Ascension, Jesus being uh, uh, risen back up into the presence of the Heavenly Father. He's now sitting at the right hand of the Father on the throne. And, 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 but he said to his disciples, wait around. Wait around and I will empower you and give you myself in another form. And the other form is the Holy Spirit. We celebrate that next week uh, on our Pentecost service. And, and uh, um, Andy Glover is joining us who came and did the Father Heart conference with us at the beginning of the year. So Andy's here and uh, he's going to be sharing with us next Sunday. So we come to the end of our prayer PPI series by saying we need to be inspired. I was inspired in sharing my faith when Jonathan said to me, you've just got to love other people more than you love yourself. And then when it comes to things like prayer, you suddenly find yourself around people at times or reading stuff about people who pray that make your prayer life look uh, pretty poor. We've been going through Pete Gregg's material on, on the prayer course in our small groups, and our life groups. And a lot of it is based upon the book that he wrote, which is called How to Pray, a simple guide for normal people. So if you fit into the normal category, and some of you do, although I must say some of you don't, so, and if you don't know who you come and see me and I'll tell you, okay, how to pray. Then th this is something that he writes. He says this, he says that, I'm not into prayer, but I'm into Jesus, and we talk. How cool is that? 
I'm not going to get myself involved in prayer, as in this is a task, this is something that uh, is, is a chore. What I'm going to get myself involved in is a loving relationship with my Saviour. And the fact of the matter is, the more I spend time with him, the more I converse with him, the more I love him, the more I realise how much he loves me. So the same idea, my problem with evangelism was me. My problem with prayer that Greg, Pete Greg sorted out for me was this last week was um, I thought it was something that, well, I put it like this. It was something that I've got to do. It's just something I've got to do. I've got to pray. I've got to pray. You've got to expect it of me because I, I am a reverend. I am an ordained minister. I am a leader in, in a local church. I am part of the church's leadership in the town and, and I've got connections in the association. And, I, you know, I've been doing this since 1995. I, I, I suppose, you know, I've got to pray. But actually, I ought to pray. It's not something that I have to do. It's something that I just want to do. And that's what we want to try and flip over with this, this six weeks of the PPIs. Let's come to that place when we are refreshed in our prayer lives and we know that it's something that I, you know, I ought to do. I just want to do it rather than I've got to do it. There's some thoughts here. There's some things that, that Jesus gave us some insight into when it comes to prayer. And, and we've reflected on these over these last weeks. You know, he just says, just to begin with, this isn't going to be a how-to message, but it might turn that way. Uh, it's all according. Have you seen the kite flying out over there? Easily distracted. Prayer's got to be personal. Prayer's just got to be personal. It's got to involve you. So, so Jesus says, this is running up to the, 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 the Lord's Prayer that we find in Matthew 6 and in Luke 11. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your Father who's unseen, then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. It, you know, there's a, it's got to be something you can just do. How many times I've heard people who have talking about the fact that you know, some of my best prayer times are those times when I'm sat in the car. All those times when I'm stood in a queue, I just find myself in a place where I can zone out and, and I can just spend time with the Lord. It's got to be personal. The other thing that, that Jesus talks about running up to the Lord's Prayer is that it, there needs to be passion there. When you pray, don't just keep babbling like pagans. Just don't go through the motions. Don't just run off rhetoric and words after words after words, the things that you may have to Stop and make it real. When you talk to God, talk to him like you talk to anyone. There is that awe and reverence, of course, but we also recognize that he is our heavenly father. We can come to him. We can share with him. He knows it anyway. So make it passionate. Make it real. Make it personal. And then what Jesus does is he goes through uh, what we call the Lord's Prayer. But it's really a disciple's prayer. And he, he talks about recognizing who God is. You know, uh, our father who art in heaven. You're big. You're almighty. This is where we start. You're God and I'm not. That's a good place to start. 
recognise as well that he cares for us. You know, give us this day our daily bread. He meets our needs. Lord, if I have a need, I'm going to bring it before you because you meet our needs. And it's a way how and wonderful how God miraculously sometimes just provides when we weren't expecting it. Sometimes we just recognise he's given us the gifts and the abilities to uh, gain what we need. But it's all a gift from him. Give us this day our daily bread. It's recognizing that he cares about us. He recognizes that uh, in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus, you know, you are, were separated from God. Your sinfulness has put a distance between you and our holy God. So forgiveness comes into that. And we recognize God's grace towards us. For we can say, it doesn't matter what we've done, doesn't matter where we've gone or or what we've become, he will restore us and renew us. He also talks about the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Lead us. I, I, I need you, Lord, to take me on a journey. I need to be held by your hand and guided. And that's what we do every day. We come before God and say, Lord, just you be in charge. And recognize he protects us. He'll deliver us from the evil one. He'll move stuff out of our way. And I've been um, recently watching a lot of YouTube videos. And it's, uh, there's nothing much on the telly. So I'm watching YouTube videos specifically about advanced motorcycle riding. And I, okay, cause I, I've got my motorcycle and I ride my bike. And I, I just would like to improve my skills. I've, I, yeah, let's, let's do a bit of that. But also, once you start doing things like motorcycling and you do that search on YouTube, you find yourself seeing, you know, the 10 most dangerous maneuvers on a motorbike. Or you find out the 50 worst motorcycle accidents. And I think to myself, ah, oh, okay, I'll have a look at that. Oh, dear. Some people get into a right old mess. But there are also those uh, ten lucky uh, escapes where people have uh, dodged death. And I I just recognize there are times when God just steps in and intervenes. Deliver us from the plans of the evil one. That's what Jesus reminds us to do. So the thing about it is, though, what we've got to do is just recognize, pull him back, when we pray, we are going to pray, we, we, we want to pray, this is something that we're going to find natural and normal, we're just going to do it, because we're going to be a, a more prayerful people than we've ever been before. So three things, how, how do we pray? Well, the thing about it is, I recognised when I was looking through my Bible, I found myself in John chapter 17. And if you ever look in John chapter 17, it's Jesus praying. And it starts, there's three headings, and I thought, oh, I can nick those. It's in the Bible. This is great. So in John chapter 17, first of all, it says that that Jesus prayed about himself. So he starts off, and there's these words here in in John 17, verse 1 to 5. After Jesus said this, he looks towards heaven and prayed, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. There's this, this sense of, I'm okay praying about me. Can I just say to you, it's okay to pray about you? We're only following a model of Jesus himself. John 17, these first five verses pick up on the fact that he is praying about his situation, what he's going through, and he's seeking intervention by his heavenly Father. So when you pray, pray for yourself. 
there's a second thing that I pick up in John 17, that Jesus prays for his disciples. So he talks specifically about those who have walked with him on the journey of the previous three years. And therefore there's a call, isn't there, that we would pray for the church. We have this brilliant tool in this church called Church Suite. If you are a church member, then you have access to Church Suite. If you have a, an Android phone or an, an iPhone, you download the Church Suite app onto your phone and you have access to the data that we have about names and addresses and stuff. You, 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 you get it because you're a member. And there's nothing better than working your way through and praying for the members. And how about going through and saying, do you know what, I've seen that name three weeks now, I've been praying for them, I've got no idea who they are. So maybe I'm going to talk to a steward when I come in on Sunday and say, could you tell me who Dave Bishop is? Never spoken to the bloke. And they can say, ah, oh, yeah, he's, he's the, you know, the good-looking bloke at the front. That's him. The person you've been praying for, you could be introduced to. How about this then? Here's about this for an introduction. Hi, um, my name's Dave. Well, if, that's if your name's Dave. Hi, my name's Dave. Um, I've been praying for you the last three weeks. I've gone through the church. But I, I really don't know you. I just wanted to introduce myself. Just somebody come up to me and said, you know what, Dave, I've been praying for you. That would, that, that would go down well. I believe people are praying for me because, uh, yeah, I, I need it. Um, and I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing without people supporting and underpinning and praying for me. So it's happening. But it'd be lovely if people say, hey, I've been praying for you this week. Pray for one another. Pray for the church. Jesus prayed. He says, I've received, revealed to you those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours, you gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. And this is, Jesus is talking about his disciples, and, and he's praying for them specifically as they go about taking the good news out into the world. Pray for one another. There's another thing that he prays for. He prays for all believers. And this is the point where we can start looking outside of ourselves and start looking towards the world around us. The, the words that Jesus prays, my prayer is not for them alone, but also for those who believe in me through their message. This is for those who don't know Jesus yet, but those who will come to know him through the message. When people's hearts are so attuned for the lost rather than for themselves, we can see that the message of the good news of Jesus will travel and bring about transformation. So pray for, it says there, all believers. Pray around the world. So if you make a prayer a priority, in the same pattern that Jesus made a prayer, Three things will happen in those areas of our lives. First one is this. If you pray for yourself, it will change you. If you pray for yourself, it will change you. John 17 begins with Jesus praying for himself. It will change you. This came up on my Facebook feed this last week. God, grant me the serenity to accept the people I cannot change. The courage to change the one that I can and the wisdom to know that it's me. You need to change. I 
to say that again. You need to change. Just as I need to change. As a follower of Christ, I must become more like Christ. As followers of Christ, we need to become more like Christ. When we find ourselves in our closet, when we find ourselves in that secret place, when we come before God and we actually say, Lord, hey, it's me. And we start to ask God to mould us and shape us. Would you show me what I need? How do I deal in this situation? How should I respond in this way? It's about me and it's okay if it's about you. Pray. And just as these words seem to hit home very clearly, the one person that you have absolute control over is you. It's not about forcing people to conform to your likeness. It's allowing the Holy Spirit to help us to conform to his likeness. This is what the Apostle Paul reminds the church in Rome. Therefore, do not be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. We want to be transformed. And my mind I want is the mind of Christ. Pray for yourself that that would be your experience. So following Jesus' pattern, pray for yourself, things will start to change. If you pray for our church, it will change our church. I always remember being told that the church gets the pastor that it prays for. not like I thought he was going to be. Well, pray for me then. It's been here two and a half years. Isn't it about time we got another one? I'm, I'm what you pray for. But the thing about it is, we need to be praying for the whole church. How do we pray for us as the body of Christ? How should we be praying for us as the body of Christ? Our our prayer should always be that we might be the body of Christ. That we might be loving and welcoming. That we might be uh, grossly generous. Gross. Gross. That's 144 times more generous than normal. Is that 12, 12, 144? That's a gross. Yeah. We need to be grossly generous. We need to be excessively loving and caring. We need to look out for one another. And this is how we should pray for each other as the church, that we might mirror Christ. Therefore, when we think about things that we're doing, we've got to think about things that are not for our benefit, but for reaching the lost. We remember those words that I spoke just a few moments ago from John chapter 3. There are people who are perishing and going to a lost eternity because they do not know Jesus. Our job as a church, we have decided with our flagship vision statement is that we are about knowing Jesus and making him known. That's how we need to pray, church. That we would, Christ would be central in the things that we do, the things that we say, that it will be so absolutely clear that we are different from the world. Because we are following Christ. And when I look at the things that we are involved in, I'm very aware that there is so much more that we're not involved in. How are we doing with regard to the poor 
How are we doing with regards to the the homeless? How are we doing with regards to those who are are addicted? How are we doing with regards to the lonely? How are we doing with regard to those who, who are struggling with debt? There are so many basic areas where a church of our size and our capability and our resources can make an impact in this community. But we need God to stir you. You see, because I come out and I say we should do this, and then, okay, well, that's just Dave. We need to do it. Let's go together. Let's be radical. I've said it several times before, you know, the, 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 the similarity between something that is a step of faith and total stupidity is so, so fine, but I want to be on that fine line. I want us to be on that fine line. I, I don't want us to be spoken about as those nice people on, uh, over on Gershwin Road. I want us to be spoken about as those, those radical believers, those people who put everything they've got on the line for the cause of Christ. You see, when we start praying for each other to be radical, when we start praying for each other to be reckless, I don't see any reservation when God sends his son to die. I see a reckless act of love, and that's what we are called to be about, reckless in our acts of love. And that will happen as we build one another up, as we pray for each other. You see, it's nice having the banners, it's nice having the welcome, but that's outside. What happens when people come inside? This is about us being really nice, really kind, really encouraging, really welcoming We've got great coffee. Brilliant conversation will come out of our mouths as we talk with people. The thing about it is, this was our church meeting a couple of weeks ago. This is one where um, Helen got voted into membership. We finished in prayer. And the focus of our time together, praying together, was to pray for the church. Jesus prayed for himself, then he prayed for the following, the disciples, the church, those who knew the good news. We need to be a church that prays for each other. And the last thing just to pick up on is if you pray for our world, it will change our world. We, we just know that things happen around us and are transformed. I, do you know, I, I just recognize this community is going to be transformed when we get our act together, when we align ourselves with God's call over us, when we see the release of our gifts. Nobody sat around at home thinking to themselves, what can I do today? Because one of the prayers that I remember on my first uh, gathering here was that this place is to be 24-7. That we want to see this place open seven days a week. And the only way that that can happen is if you come and do it. You know, I'm here and I'm about, and, and Matt's here and Matt's about, and, uh, and, and then we've got the deacons who come several times in the week and do different things. But that, it's not enough. We need together to passionately serve this community, because Basingstoke, there's a lot of people in Basingstoke that need to know Christ. And as we start to pray for our community and pray for our area, we will see lives changed. We pray for ourselves, first of all, as individuals. We pray for ourselves as the church, and then we pray for our community and the wider area. As you drive around, pray for the streets. And you see a street name, you just want to say, Father, I just want to bring before you Hatch Warren. I want to bring before you. I know the road that you live in. Start where you are. 
Walk along and as you see houses, pray for the homes around us. Let's bring down the strongholds where the enemy is in control. And let's see the grace of God filter in. The businesses, speak blessing over the businesses. The shops aren't boarded up, but they thrive. Over the schools, as you drive past the school, pray for the staff. Pray for those who serve in those schools. Pray for the kids that will attend there. Start to pray for our community, but start in your street and then go wider. Don't take any trip that you go on as being, I'm going from here to here. Take each trip that you go on as being an opportunity to encounter God and to pray for Holy Spirit intervention in every single individual in the homes that you pass. It it can be very easy, but you just have to have the mindset to do it. Which brings me to my final point, really. The churches of our town have decided together, and I was part of that decision, that we would start an initiative called Try Praying. So this is the book. And uh, our stewards are going to go up now and get these books for us. Can you just grab the books, the stewards who are there? Brilliant, thank you. And hand them out. You're all going to take one, okay? Try Praying. It's a really simple initiative. What it is, the Try Praying booklet, is seven days of prayer interaction. It's introducing people who are not uh, aware of God or have a relationship with God to a God who listens when we pray. So here's the deal. Uh, Read it carefully. Don't open it and fold it all back and write all over it because the deal is that you will read it this coming week. And then... Pentecost Sunday, next Sunday, there is a prayer meeting and gathering which is a launching out into the community that's happening at the URC at 6.30 next Sunday evening. And what we're doing as we're part of the other churches, there's 26 churches involved, is praying for the impact of this resource touching and changing lives. But this is the deal. You read it. And as you're reading it, and as you're praying, you prepare yourself because you ask God, who can I pass this on to? Then here's something really simple. Why don't you just write a little note saying something like, uh, Hiya, I read this this last week. I found it really helpful, and I thought this might help you. Or would you read this as a gift from me? Give them away. So if we've got... 70 people here this morning. That's 70 people reading and 70 people giving away. That's 70 people who may not have a relationship with Jesus, who may not have ever prayed in any systematic way before in their lives, who are introduced to prayer. And here is the deal. God answers prayer. As you pass this booklet on, you pray for that person. Now what happens is you may have this coming week read through this and God's laid on your heart brought to mind five people for you to hand the booklet on to. Well when you come to church next Sunday, there'll be another stack of them at the back. Pick up another five. But here's the deal though. They make no difference in anybody's life unless you give it away. You have to give it away. And it's for all of us to do. And it's as simple as saying to somebody, this has helped me, and I wonder whether you give it a go. Can you give me some feedback on this? 
Dave at our church said that we had to do this for a week, and, uh, and then I've got to pass it on. Could you tell me if it's any good? Blame me. But I recognize that the Holy Spirit will add to our... I've got one. <laughs> I'm going to pick up five next week, Marion. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> oh, God will add to our mission initiative and speak to people just as he will speak to you in this week as you read this booklet. It's a, a, an initiative that has worked um, all over the country. There have been, uh, it started off in one church, then a group of churches got together, and then regions of churches have come together. And we're doing it as uh, based in Stoke and Dean. We've got many churches, 26 churches who are involved. You will see the Just Praying information on buses as you drive around. The only thing about it is, if we don't pass these booklets on to people, people will have no idea what Just uh, Try Praying means. So we have to pass it out. And around here, uh, on the bus route this way, there'll be a bus and it'll have on the back of it, Try Praying. How about the fact that people's lives in this community will be impacted because you passed on a booklet? Is it easy? Do you think that's easy? Well, let me just say one thing about this as well. When we pass these things on, what we're actually saying is, I love you, the person you pass it to, more than I love myself, because I want you to come into a relationship with Christ. That's what we're saying. We also recognize that the one person that wants this not to be successful is the enemy. So Satan's desire is that he will rob you of any sense of of, uh, passion, bravery, to step out. He will undermine, that's what he does. So we have to come against him and say without any shadow of a doubt, we're not about your agenda, we're about God's agenda. So when we're doing this, we're not doing it with just ourselves, we're joining with 26 other churches who are giving out this material and we're just inviting people to try praying. And you see, it's so simple because you do it, you know what it's about, you pass it on. You can follow up with that person afterwards. Did you get on? They may turn around and say, nah, I didn't read it. Okay. Well, you can then encourage them. Well, would you give it a go? I'd love to know what, what you think. What about... If 50 people come to Christ through our endeavor to introduce people to a God who speaks. And to that end, that's why we're praying on Tuesday evening. We're a couple of days into doing this, but on Tuesday evening, it's our church monthly prayer meeting. I sent out an email to church members. If you're not a church member, and then I'm sorry you didn't get that email, but you need to come into membership so you can get my emails. But on Tuesday at 8 o'clock, come with a list of five people who do not know Jesus that you can connect with and that they may be led to Christ. And the cool thing about it is we're going to pray together. So let's all come together and bring our list of five people and we meet here on Tuesday at 8 o'clock for one hour. The focus of our prayer time is praying for this church and its impact 
in this community for the glory of God, but then also praying for those people that we can connect with. So bring your list of people so that we can lay hands on those lists and pray for those individuals by name that they will come to know Christ as their Lord and their Saviour. Let's underpin our mission initiatives with prayer. So how does this come back round? Well, it's very simple. It's very, very simple. Do you love Jesus? If the answer is yes, then talk to him. Because that's what prayer is about. Uh, Do you love your brother, your sister, your aunt, your uncle, your neighbour, your work colleague? If the answer is yes, then you have the honour and the privilege of sharing Christ with them through something as simple as giving this booklet. And then allow Holy Spirit, who will be focusing on next Sunday on Pentecost, to do what he does best, which is take people in darkness and bring them into light. So let's stand together.